So I'm pretty excited to talk to a group that I've been a fan of for most of my life, child and adult. You and me both. 34 years old, right? Both of us fits. I'm 40 and I'm like, I'm all in on this. 100%. Uh, their music is still played constantly on the radio, in particular satellite radio. Naughty by Nature on the line with us. And Venny and KG on the line. Appreciate you uh, joining us for our, our Grammy podcast today, fellas. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And look, some people might not know that you guys are, are trailblazers in terms of the Grammys because I want you to take us back to 1996. You were the first group ever to win in what was then the brand new category of best rap album. But when you found out that they were going to actually have a category for rap album back then, what was that like? It, it felt great because, you know, there's uh, historically there's been tension between the Grammys and hip hop music. They never really respected the music. So for them to finally come full circle and acknowledge it, 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 it felt great. So given that that tension you're talking about in that history, was it something you, you grew up saying, hey, someday I want to win a Grammy? Definitely. I mean, that's one of the things you always dream about, you know, when you're recording music or making an album or even just trying to follow your dreams to become an artist. You know, one of the the plateaus or one of the goals is to ultimately become successful and win a Grammy. And the thing that was weird about it, like you said, the friction between the artists is that we we didn't even expect to win, and we knew they weren't televising, so we came in late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we came late, and then we walked to the door, and um, Bone Thugs and Harmony was like, "Hey, you guys won," and we were like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, y'all won." <laughs> so wait a minute, you didn't even know you weren't even there for the announcement because it was so new at this time, and rap was so not respected on the on the mainstream. That this wasn't even a televised part of the Grammys? No, it wasn't even televised. So when we came in, they were like, hey, you guys won. They didn't televise or nothing. So they just ushered us directly. So when we walked in, they just grabbed us and said, hey, they're here. And they just took us right to the back room, threw us the trophies and said, hey, start snapping pictures. <laughs> so, you know, I, now I got to ask, with that being said, because it, it stinks when you get nominated for something that's not televised. And, and I have a bunch of buddies that have had that happen. It sort of it, it hurts everybody's heart because you, you almost have to convince people. Y'all were at the time the category wasn't even televised. Now it's a category people can't take their eyes off of. Do you ever look at that with pride and say, hey, I, I was part of building that? Well, you have to definitely, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll take the pride and the glory in it. You know, you have to, <laughs> yeah, certain, certain things come with being early in the game and that's one of them, you know, and, and when you consider trailblazers, you just take it humbly. And I want to apologize for my voice. I'm a bit hoarse. We're just coming off this uh, ship hop cruise. It was the first ever all hip-hop crews uh, uh, that we just did. Wait a so minute. What? Bear okay. with me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Way to bury the lead. So you do a cruise. First of all, where was the cruise to? Uh, we went to Key West and Cozumel, Mexico. Nothing says Key West like a hip-hop cruise, I must <laughs> say, right? Like all the Florida guys and their Tommy Bahama. Um, who else was right. on the Who else was on the, on the cruise? Um, we've had... Vanilla Ice, Salt and Pepper, what? Naughty by Nature, uh, Kid and Play, Black Street, All for One, Color Me Bad, Coolio, Cisco, 
Tone Moke, Biz Marquis, Rob Bass, Young MC, CNC Music Factory, DJ Cool, and hosted by Downtown Julie Brown. How was I not on this curve? This is amazing. So, uh, you know, it's funny because country music's been doing this for a long time. Country cruises all the time. And you get a real camaraderie with the guys that, that are on those cruises with you. Have you guys, has this brought that whole generation even closer together that you guys are still performing for fans on things like that? Oh, yes, absolutely, because for the past two years, we've been doing a tour called uh, I Love the 90s Tour. So a combination of all of these artists have been banging out in arenas and amphitheaters for the past two summers. Oh, I know. I went. I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even shy. My wife and I were jumping up and down the whole time. I, I love everything about this. Right, right. Yeah, it was great, you know. So we've been rocking out and touring with each other since the 90s. And, you know, 25, 26 years later, to still be able to do it and, and, and bring out so many people, especially younger people, is, is just a blessing. When you kind of talk to younger people, um, and we just want to remind everyone listening to the podcast, we're talking to Naughty by Nature right now. When you talk to young people or when young people come up to you, is there a specific song that's kind of indelible to Naughty by Nature? Because, I mean, I think obviously OPP comes to mind for people my age, but um, but you didn't even win a Grammy, actually, for that one. So is there some is there one that stands out for, for the younger crew that you guys get time and time again? Well, a lot of the younger people, um, it varies from Uptown Anthem from this Juice soundtrack to Hip Hop Parade, which is the obvious, but... The question that never goes away is, what does OPP really stand for? And, and a lot of the younger people just want to hear the explanation from the horse's mouth. Well, if you asked it, we'll just go people, ahead. We do too. Go ahead, tell us, what's it stand for? Well, listen, the universal safe explanation is other people's property. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but I, re I remember being, uh, being young and me and my cousins getting together in a room and throwing out some other possibilities that that P could stand for and some of the different ones that you allude to as well. What's one of the more funny ones that is maybe podcast safe for work that, that people have guessed the other P stands for. I know. Well, I would just advise people to go to Spotify and listen to the record, and the explanation is in the lyrics. So listen to the record. Pull up Spotify, Pandora, go back in that catalog. You mentioned the record, and you guys are celebrating the 25th anniversary for it. Talk a little bit about the balance for you between appreciating where you've been and then also making new music and trying to, to, to create new ground for you guys. Well, I mean, music is the gift that keeps on giving. And, you know, now with the digital age, the reach is so much broader, so much faster. So you have to appreciate it, man. I mean, I'm a three-year Burger King vet, so it was all a dream, you know, to do this. And now that we are doing it, we have a platform. We have an international legendary brand. And from that, you know, base, we can do anything, and we can go into any business from there. So creating new music, television and film, uh, putting on new artists and creating new projects is, is just a blessing. It's a given now. I think one of the best things about music, though, is that like genres tend to have their moment or styles tend to have their moments. And for some, for, for a group that's been around for 30 years, I imagine evolution is a part of that. But when you listen to kind of who's hot right now and who's popular right now, is there anyone or any style, uh, or a group, or a rapper in particular, or any artist that you guys are kind of, at the very least, um, uh, passionate about, uh, or do you find helps influence 
kind of bringing you into the 2018 fold? Um, I think everything, man, across the board. We just we just fans of music. We love everything that's going on out there. We loved it from day one. And we, we listen to even the, the newer cats and the younger cats coming up who's continuing to um, grab the torch and carry the torch. And then even, you know, our counterparts, like Ben mentioned earlier, that's, um, that we've been doing these, these tours with, Love the 90s, with, from Vanilla Ice to Salt and Pepper to Biz Marquee to Coolio, Rob Bass, all those guys. I mean, they're continuing to work on stuff. CNC Music Factory, Freedom from there. He's really talented. And he's one of the guys who's pushing to keep all of this stuff alive, even from the artists from the 90s. So there's opportunities that's there, but at the same time, these guys are championing and is taking it on, you know, from the Migos to the Drakes of the world to Chris Brown to everybody that's out there. Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. You know, um, every all of these guys that that's out there doing good music, you know, we totally, fully support them. And then we're not no grumpy guys. It's like no grumpy <laughs> Get off your line. Yeah, for me, you know, it's it's – hard to be mad at other successful artists because we were blessed to come out in 91 and our first major single OPP blew up. We came right behind it with everything's going to be all right and Uptown Anthem. Then the first single off our next album was Hip Hop Hooray. And then after that, we won a Grammy with our third album. So we've been so successful in the music business that I guess during our heyday, a lot of artists or contemporaries may not have understood our success. So with all of the new successful artists going on, we understand the other people's pain. You know what I mean? (laughs) Maybe they didn't make it, but as successful artists, I see what's going on. And instead of hating on the young people, I kind of understand why or study more why they're working. So, KG, let me ask you, um, the first time I ever did the Billboard Music Awards, I was really amazed. Every genre respected every genre. Everybody really liked each other. It was a sign to me that everybody was starting to come together in a music community. When you guys broke, was that the case, or did you sort of have to break through to other genres to have them respect you guys? Yeah, we definitely had to break through to other genres, because at the time, it was starting to come together, because, you know, when Run DMC did, you know, their um, Walk This Way, they was fusing rock and hip-hop. I mean, musically, we've always came together because we sampled and borrowed music and different elements from other genres of music. But as far as artists, it wasn't doing that, you know, especially with touring. It wasn't cross-touring or doing, you know, when Nelly can make a record with a country artist or even tour with a country artist or even us being able to go out with new kids on the block. You know, different things like that, has, it has evolved to that. But starting off, it was just totally hardcore hip-hop over there, <laughs> pop crossover hip-hop over there, or pop artists over there, whereas now, like you said, it's just one motley crew. Everybody's just all in the pot, stirring it up and having fun together now. You mentioned that, and it's so funny to talk about when you guys came up and how, you know, rap music had to fight to be respected and um and, and to be considered mainstream, in particular with the Grammys, because... You know, me and Fitz had this conversation um, before that it, it's I feel like rap has also obviously been part of the fabric of music really since it came out in the even back to the 80s. But on a mainstream yeah. kind of scale and at least recognition from the Grammys, they've never really gotten their due respect. But it seems like 
it's finally getting and having its moment. In particular, you look at album of the year and three of the five albums of the year are rap albums. Uh, you know, you got Kendrick Lamar, Childish Gambino and Jay-Z alone. How surprising is it? Or did you ever think that we'd get to a point where rap music would be more popular than pop music, where you'd have a Taylor Swift needing Amigos on an album to make it go number one? Yeah, yeah. that was the purpose of hip hop, yeah. to stay there. For one, what what ignorant people or ignorant people in the music industry would never respect is the genius of hip hop, because Hip hop started by sampling the previous music or the previous uh, uh, genre or the previous decades of music. So they were taking great classics from James Brown, rock records, all of that, and reinventing them and giving them new life. So, you know, a lot of those old musicians, man, they may have been screwed up and a bunch of publishing was generated for them, which gave them new life. Again, Aerosmith was dead before that Run DMC collaboration. George Clinton was lingering before everyone started sampling his music. So in that alone, hip hop needed that respect. And now that, you know, it's it's been pushing and pushing it, so many people gave it resistance and it stayed the course. And now it's the number one um, music genre in America. It, it eclipsed um, rock and roll last year. So it's just a testament to its its reach and it's a testament to the love of, that the youth has for hip hop. So now it's, it's only right that music evolves, you know, it, it evolves and it continues to evolve. And now it's time for hip hop to have its respect. And I think it may reach its pinnacle and then you'll see it evolve into something different in the next 10, 15 years. Well, and to the point you made about sampling, now every genre is trying to find great things that they can sample. So it's it's influenced every single genre in in uh, music. So KG, we hear from a reliable source. You're a big Steelers fan, so Uh-oh. whenever I get that info, I love to to find out like where's the craziest place in the world you've ever had to watch a Steelers game. One of them was just now on that cruise when we just lost to <laughs> Jacksonville. That was crazy, and then we were getting heckled on there and everything. It was just. It was amazing, though, because we came off first, as you guys know. So we played at 1 o'clock, and the whole they were, they, were, they were showing the game like up in the cafeteria on the boat, and it was packed in there, and it was on. And then when the Vikings came, came on, it was just like uh, nice and quiet. <laughs> but that just shows, like, how many Steelers fans were on there and how much – you know, not only love, but how much hate we can get at the same time. <laughs> <When> <laughs> because a, we had a bunch of people in there just going against us and heckling us, man. And it, but that might have been one of the craziest places, like to be honest. I mean, it was the, I guess the freshest on my mind, but it was really one of the craziest places I've ever watched a playoff game, especially of that magnitude. Because you, normally I watch the games at home by myself. Do you ever have them tell you the score in your ears? Like I always had a rule, like because I'm a big Raiders fan, so the rule was I don't want to know the score, I don't want to know anything. Pause it on the bus, I don't want to be anywhere near it. But some guys like to know the updates while the game's going on. Do you ever get the updates in your ears? Nah, I want to watch it, man. I'm with you. I'm with. I want to watch it. I'd rather just sit. I I mean, and you know, being a Steelers fan, all our games we sitting on our, you know, on the edge of the seat and biting our nails. We seem to never want to blow nobody out. It's always something crazy, and it goes down to the wire. So, 
Oh man, like I already have, don't have no nails, and I'm just they just getting worse when I'm watching them. <laughs> Got to ask you real fast: Do you want Ben Roethlisberger to come back, and do you want Mike Tomlin to come back as a Steelers fan? I need them both back. We just need to get we just need to get our defense better and stronger. We cannot go out there and score 42 points and give up 45. I don't care. I mean, it's like like you can uh, and. I get it. You know, it goes from game to game. But come on, man. Jacksonville just only scored 10 points against Buffalo. And then you come out and put up 45. And against with Blake Bortles and everybody's like, oh, Blake Bortles is trash and this and this and that. It just seemed like every time they needed a first down on third and six and the crucial points, they were able to do it. Our defense all year were not able to stop anybody. We have to fix that, that defense. We have to address it. We have to. And then us losing shades there didn't help at all. So before we let you guys go, I'm going to ask a difficult question to either of you, uh, whichever you guys has a, a, a real one that sticks out here. What was the holy cow, we made it moment for you? Was there a show? Was there a, a night that you were out in front of a particular crowd? Is there any moment that stands out for you where you say, man, uh, all the dreams came true. We've actually made it. Absolutely. For me personally, this KG, um, when when we first started off, we were doing promo before we even had a chance to do anything. We were running around and just going to mom and pop record stores with our girl, Charm Warren, that worked with Tommy Boy. She was the radio rep at the time, and we were in South Carolina. And De La Soul was doing a, a show down mm-hmm. there in the arena. And they said, oh, wow, Nordy's in town? We want to bring them out on our set to perform OPP. So they brought us out through an OPP, and the crowd went crazy. And that was that was my personal oh wow moment. We made it. I couldn't believe it. And for me, it was when um, we came out with OPP, and in '92, 91-92, and the American Music Awards, we won Best New Artist, and I couldn't believe it. And I screamed, and I was going crazy. And my second one, of course, in honor of Grammy week, was when we won our Grammy. (laughs) Which is, listen, I would say that would be a seminal moment in a career, which means that it could be for someone else. So, fellas, with that, uh, as we close things out, I will ask you a prediction. I'm going to ask you best rap album, since that is the trailblazing category that you first won. Best rap album nominees this year, Jay-Z. For 444, Damn, Kendrick Lamar, Culture, Migos, Layla's Wisdom, Rhapsody, and Flower Boy, Tyler, the Creator. Who is winning? Kendrick Lamar. And for me, I'm going to go with the triple OG veteran, Jay-Z. Not only because he stood the test of time, but that 444 album was beautiful jewels for not only our urban community, but for everyone in general. Jay-Z is nominated for eight awards. Kendrick Lamar is nominated for seven. Who overall is coming home with more hardware, fellas? Now that, I would have to go with Kendrick. (laughs) Kendrick is the man. He's, He's leading the pack, man. Kendrick is ill. It's awesome stuff, guys. Hey, we really appreciate your time. Uh, you were a big influence in both of our lives, and we just appreciate that we got the opportunity to talk to you. Congrats on still crushing it. Sustainability is the most difficult thing in music, and you guys have accomplished it. It's a real inspiration. Thanks for all that you've done, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, sure. fellas.